Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. You know, um, and I, I want to share with us a word today um, that uh, I, I hope won't be too challenging, um, but I really believe that it is something that God wants us um, to hear. Uh, maybe this is a revelation to some of us. Uh, maybe this is a reminder. Uh, but I, I truly believe humbly uh, that this is uh, God's word for us today. And I hope that it blesses you. Uh, even though it might go into some territory that can sound a little bit painful, but, but please understand that it's coming from a place of love, God's love. And, and, and uh, you know, even if it feels like a rebuke, you know, the Bible says that, uh, you know, God loves, you know, God only rebukes those that He, he loves. Not that He loves to rebuke, but He rebukes those that He loves. And out of love, he will, he will, you know, wake us up sometimes. Amen. And uh, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, um, why don't we turn, first of all, um, let me just establish this. Why don't we turn to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. Let me just establish this uh, in case you're new to church, uh, in case you are Christian. It is always good for us to be reminded uh, of what it's truly about. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. Um, says this, and we have it flash up on, on the screen. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Uh, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. You know, one thing that we should know as believers is that, you know, it's, it's, it's Jesus. It's Jesus that rescued us. It is Jesus that did it all. We are saved not by our good works. We are saved not because we are good people. We are saved not because um, we gave a lot into offering. We are saved not because we come from a good family. We are saved not because we, we, we never done anything wrong. No, we are saved purely by the grace of God. Means that grace is something that you are given even though you don't deserve it. You know, a lot of us here, if you've ever been to university or school or had to finish any type of assignment, sometimes your lecturer, your, your program coordinator will say that, all right, I know the deadline is next week, but I'm going to give you a grace period. Three more days. Three more days that you didn't deserve. What did you do to deserve the three days? Nothing. You were watching TV, you were watching Netflix, you were eating junk food, you know, you were skipping class, you did nothing to deserve that grace period, yet out of the goodness, compassion of your lecturer, program coordinator, teacher, whatever it is, you were given that grace period. And in that same way, the Bible is reminding us that we have been saved, rescued by God. You know, we, we, we become Christians because of what Jesus has done. You know, it's not us who died on the cross, it was Jesus. And, and God has done it all. And now what God has done is that, hey, I've done it all. And, and now I'm extending the invitation. I'm throwing out the lifeline. I'm throwing out my grace. I've, I've done it all. I, I, I've done all that is required so that we can, you, we, all of us can be saved. And now God extends it like a hand that is that is rushing out to save us and says, grab hold on to me. And the Bible says that how do we grab hold on to the salvation of God? It is through faith. 
It is through faith. Now, faith many times gets like, uh, I don't know, you know, in the world that we live in today, uh, we underestimate the word faith. We think faith means wishful thinking. We think faith means, um, you know, just believing, you know, blindly. But that's not what faith is according to the Bible. And, and, and this is what I want to, uh, uh, I believe that God wants to talk to us today, which is like, he, he wants to ask us the condition of our faith. And, and so to go in a little bit deeper on what faith is, is it okay if we go in a little bit deeper today? Amen. I, I, I promise I won't go in too deep, uh, but, but just a little bit deeper. Let's now turn to James chapter 2, verse 14 to 26. And this is going to be the main text that, that um, we're going to look at. And when God led me to this, you know, I, you know every, everyone who preaches here, myself included, but everyone who preaches in church, you know, we're not preaching because we're better than you. No, no, no. We're, pre- we're merely messengers. And, and every preacher, and if one day God uses us to preach, this is really the process. We seek the Lord for say, to say, God, what do you want us as your people, as your church to know, to hear, and to do? And, and whoever is the messenger gets the, the, the first ouch. You know, gets the full brunt first and we go, oof, oh wow, oh wow, you know, well, I gotta I gotta repent or I gotta change and then and 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 wrestling with that repentance and conviction with, with fear and trembling, we stand before you and, and we share today. And so uh, um, let's read from James chapter 2, 14 to 26. And then I'm gonna give you uh, what I wanted the title to be and then what the title actually is. Is that okay? And so James 2, 14 to 26 says this, what does it profit? What, what, what good is it? Well, uh, what, what value profit, right? My brothers, if, if someone says that he has faith, but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, oh, go in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Plus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect and the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot or prostitute in some translations, also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. Don't worry, we'll, we'll go into that in, in one of the points. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Many times we read this two scripture. Wait, I thought we were saved by faith, not, not works. How come James now is saying that faith alone uh, is not enough? It needs to be followed by works. And, and this is the tension that we want to dive in today. And, and what, very, let me quickly explain, okay? You know, when, when the Bible says that we are saved by grace, 
you know, through faith, not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works. What is saying that it is the death, it's talking about the cross. The, the cross that, that bought us our forgiveness and salvation, the cross in which Jesus died, it was all Jesus. You know, none of us, even if we were crucified, would not be enough to pay for, for our own penalty or for the penalty of anyone else. But, but Jesus, the perfect Son of God, He and He alone only did it all for us. But as a result of that, we need to access it. We need to respond in faith. And, 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 and if you, if you uh, I don't know, uh, stumbled by the word, Works, faith without works is, is, is dead. Uh, let me give you another substitute word that works equally well, which is faith without change is dead. Faith without change is dead. In other words, James is trying to tell us that have faith. Faith is important, but faith cannot just be believing only. Because if you believe only, you are no better than the demons. Because even demons believe, but, but there's no power in that belief. In fact, the, if you only believe and are not changed by that belief, if you only believe and continue to rebel against that belief, then, then, then all that happens, all that faith is good for is, is good for the grave. Or, or, or if I can just, and I'll only use this word once, you know, because yesterday I preached this in Bristol and then, Pastor Cat goes, hey, be careful when you use that word, you know, don't, you know. So I'm going to use this word once, right? Which is like, if, if you only believe and you're not changed by that belief, then that, that, that faith, it, it's not life-giving. It, it, it can only do like what demons do, lead others to destruction. And, and, and if you, we look at the world there are a lot of people who are hurt by Christians. You know? And why? They're hurt by Christians who believe but are not changed by their belief. Who believe in God but act in a completely different way. And, and if there's anyone here, if you've ever been hurt by such Christians, let, let me humbly say, I'm so sorry. But let me also give you a better analogy. We all need to eat. And just because you have food poisoning in one restaurant doesn't mean all restaurants are bad. Does it make sense? You know, let's say for example, you know, you never tried Japanese food before. The very idea of Japanese food is, is crazy to you. Raw food, raw and cooked food, and paying money so that somebody doesn't do their job. Okay, but everybody goes crazy about it. Okay, I will try, I will try, I will try. And then you happen to go to maybe not the best Japanese restaurant. And not only did they not cook the food, they didn't refrigerate it as well. So it's, it's really sushi, you know. And uh, sushi and... Anyway, I won't go into gross stuff. You know? I'm about to say, if you eat, when you eat the sushi, you have stomach ache and slushy came out. Anyway, so... So... And, 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 and because of that, you go like, oh, I'll never trust this. I'll never trust this. Oh, but just because you have food poisoning doesn't mean that all Japanese restaurants are evil. Doesn't mean that all Japanese restaurants get it wrong. It doesn't mean that all Japanese people are wrong. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that, that you, you don't try again. And, and, and the same way, you know, are there people that have been hurt? Yes. You know, when, when we only believe and we're not changed by that, uh, it, it, it's, it's dead. Or, 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 you know, it's harmful. 
you know, it's no better than, than, than the, the, what the demons believe. But God wants us to live a better way of life. God wants us, friends, you know, not just to have faith, but He wants that faith to change us. Because the, the truth is this, that God, you know, we, we, Christianity is about really God reaching out to broken humanity, saving us, rescuing us. And then, not just rescuing us and going, okay, now you sit here and be good and follow these rules. No, no, no. It's that now that I've been rescued, can you now help represent me to rescue, to get the word out that there is hope for the hopeless, there's freedom for the oppressed, that there there can be salvation for the sinner, and all of us have sinned in the eyes of God. And, and, And so, God wants us to have a faith that is so robust, so alive, So life-changing that it not only changes your life, but it begins to seep out and and, and change, you know, the the, the lives of the other people around us. Amen? It's it's like this very, I don't know, have you, um, you know, know, I'm about to say durian. How many of you know durian is a stinky Southeast Asian fruit? Um, You know, um, anyway, some of you like it here. But it's, you know, it's, it's like once you, once you open it, you know, the whole neighborhood smells it. You know, but, but maybe that's too niche of an example. It's like perfume. That's a better example. You know, where, where, when, you, when you spray it on, everywhere you go. Have you, I, I, I've been into elevators, lifts before, where I go in and, and there's nobody there, but I smell perfume. And that means that whoever was there had so much of it on them that it lingered. And God, you know, and I know that's subjective because sometimes you go, oh, I don't like this flavor. Oh, I like this flavor. You know, but God wants us to have faith that, that we have so much of it that, 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 that the power of change, the life-transforming power of faith lingers everywhere we go. You know, to the point where the day you don't turn up for work, people miss you. Because they go like, hey, there's something missing today. And it's not the sales target that's missing today. It's not the coffee that's missing today. It, 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 oh, it's, it's that Christian that's missing today. You know, there's something about, about that person's life and, and the, this is also the truth. Many of us, we, our lives are not like that. Ouch. And this is what I want and I believe God wants us to get right today. Originally, I wanted to title today's message, you know, Even Demons Believe. But that, that sounded a bit too controversial and that might stumble people. So let me, you know, use this. Um, so the title of my message today, if you're taking a note, is like, is faith is like a pair of scissors. Okay? Alright, let me explain. James says that faith is not just belief, because even the demons believe. It needs to be followed up by action. That belief needs to change you. In other words, faith is like a pair of scissors. Sometimes we think that faith is like a knife. It's just belief only. Belief, 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 belief. And that's why some of us here, we... You know, we, we think that Christianity is a laughing stock. What? What just, just believe that there's a God? Believe only? And, and, and previously when I used to reach out to people, people would ask me things like, huh, Christianity, you just need to believe and then you'll be saved? Believe and be saved? Oh, so, and then they give me hypothetical situations. Oh, so even the world's most evil person like Hitler, if, 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 if he believed before he died, he'll be in heaven? So Hitler's in heaven, you know, they, they use this kind of like faith in a very mocking kind of way. But, but if you really look at the Word of God, it's like, no, no, faith is not just believing. It's, it's believing and, 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 and allowing, you know, that belief to change us. And so the question is this, 
are you, have you been changed by your belief in God? Have you been changed by your belief in God? Because faith is like a pair of scissors. It works in tandem. On one side, you have belief. On the other side, you have action. And God wants us to have a faith that, that works. God wants us to have a faith that, that cuts, a cutting-edge faith. A faith that can cut off chains and, and cut off the forces of darkness. And, and God wants us to have faith like scissors, you know, working in tandem. So it's, it's not faith all works, it's faith and works working together. If, you, if, if that confuses you, let me give you another analogy that, that God just dropped into my heart as we were worshipping today. Okay, maybe I should have used this as my other title, you know. Faith is like fish in water, right? What, what, what does, you know, uh, you know, how does water help a fish live or survive? Is it just surrounded by water or does it need to breathe water? The answer is yes and both. And in the same way, faith is not just about believing, it's about believing and living in that same way. So today, I want, to, I want us to, to, to experience the reality of God. You know, faith that does not lead to change is not real faith, and, and God wants us to have real faith. God wants us to believe and also live. Live differently. Live according to our faith. And so, how do we live according to our faith? Well, Looking at the example found in James chapter 2, I've got three points for us, right? So if you want to know, right, maybe for some of us here, you're still stuck at the, oh, even demons believe. Oh no, am I no better than a demon? This is how you know that you have a faith that's alive. This is how you know you have a faith that pleases God. Point number one, believe but also live in repentance. Live in repentance. Living in repentance is not going to God and saying, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm not, not saying that. I'm not saying that every day you got to apologize to God. But living in repentance is, is understanding that I need to work on getting better every day. I believe in God. I believe that He has saved me. But, but now that I've been saved, I need to work at reflecting God better. I wrote here, repent means rearranging your entire way of thinking, feeling, and being in order to forsake that which is wrong and evil. And, and friends, this is a lifestyle. Believing is not a one-time thing, it's a constant thing. And, and this is reflected in the way Jesus taught us to pray. In the Lord's Prayer, which a lot of us here know by heart, it starts with, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So it's so amazing to know that we have a God who is large and in charge and a God who loves us and knows what we need every day. And then he proceeds to say, forgive us of our sin. Forgive us of our debt. In other words, God is saying that every day we've got to reflect. Hey, what, what can I improve on? You know, and, and, and you know, this is natural because it's like, you know, believing is, is, is walking with Jesus and Jesus is the light. And the closer you walk to the, the real light source, you know, the more obvious your shortcomings become. You know, some of you might or might not know this, but, but I have a pet dog. And uh, the dog, you know, when we got the dog, the person says, you know, I say, oh, you know, we live in flat. Does this dog shed a lot? And the person says, no, 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 no. Doesn't shed at all. The mother doesn't shed at all. 
Uh, I'm not sure whether the, the person exaggerated or maybe the dog, because my dog is not purebred, maybe the father's genes is too strong. And the father is just, I don't know, some, some naked dog with no hair. You know, because my dog sheds everywhere. And, and, uh, and sometimes, you know, when we live, and one of the things that I had to get used to when I first moved over to the UK is how dim everything is, except today. You know, but, but indoors, indoors, you know, all the lights, you know, I come from Asia where everything is fluorescent, like, you know, like spotlight everywhere. Um, but, but coming here, everything is warm. You know, I still remember when I first went to university, I was struggling, you know, because I, I was trying to study at night and I kept falling asleep, you know, or at least that's why I told my mom and said, Mom, it's not my fault, I'm not performing well, it's the lights, they're too warm, they're too warm, you know, everything is just yellow, mellow. And, 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 and you know, and the truth is this, sometimes under, you know, warm lighting, it, it's not obvious. The hair is not obvious until one day I was walking out and then cat goes like, <gasps> Your jacket is full of the dog's hair. And I go like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And, and, and following Jesus is like that. The closer we walk, if you truly believe in Him, you want to follow Him. And the closer you walk towards Him, the, the more obvious. When you go closer and closer to a proper light source, the hairs get exposed. You know, if, 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 if you find it hard to relate, you know, how many guys here, you love ironing. You love ironing. You know, you're so anointed with iron. You know, you love that. I see so many hands just going, no, 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 no. In fact, you will pay extra money to buy those, you know, Tian Luin non-ironing shirts, you know. The type that after you wear, you put it on, it stands by itself. And, 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 and the same, right? Why? Because, you know, we, it looks okay under warm lighting, but if you walk into direct sunlight, people start noticing, haha, you didn't iron your shirt. You know, you didn't iron, oh, you can see the wrinkles. And sometimes in life like that, the more we follow Jesus, if you truly believe in Jesus, He will change you and He leads us into repentance. And there are so many things that we need to repent daily. You know, oftentimes, you know, like I said, today we're, we're praying. We're praying for, we're praying for, you know, all that's happening in the world. We're praying for, uh, you know, for there to be peace in, in the world right now. And, and can I be honest with you? Sometimes Christians, you know, we, we get paranoid. Every time there's, there's, there's war in the Middle East, you go like, oh, is this the one? Is this the one that, 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 you know, that, that will signal the coming of the end times? And, and sometimes Christians, we got to repent. It almost feels like until the end times looks like it's really happening, we're not going to take God seriously. And we need to repent from that. We, we need to repent. And, 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 and or worse, when it feels like, oh no, the war is escalating, and all we care about is our own faith. But what about the faith of other people? And, and sometimes Christians, we, are, we will believe in God, but we're so selfish. And, and, and those things, two things, they, they don't go hand in hand. Belief in Jesus and selfishness, that's not the works that, that James is. It, it needs to be. And, and so we need to come back to repentance. And maybe some, for one of the things that we need to repent is that, God, forgive me because I've not been taking you seriously. You know, we will never, ever... Not show up for work. Never ever. Right? You won't go like, uh, I worked so hard yesterday. I think my boss will understand if I don't come in today, right? After all, he was there yesterday and I worked overtime. I'm sure if I don't show up at all, he would understand. He would understand. Never. Never. You know? If, if anything, you would at least pretend to work from home. Anyway, so you... You know, but never. And, and yet, why do we treat God? Why, in other words, why do we treat our bosses with more reverence than God? 
Why do we take our bosses more seriously than God? And because and, and, many times you go like, oh, if, if I don't read the Bible today, it's all right, right? It's all right, right? I mean, God will understand, right? If I don't pray today, He will understand, right? If I don't tithe, He will understand, right? We, we, we keep thinking that we are the main character. Let, let me tell you this. God does not negotiate. He is Lord. We are not. You know, it, it's, it's like gravity. You don't go gravity. You understand, right? You know, everyone else plays by your rules, but for me, I can fly. No! We, we bend to the will of gravity, and that's just gravity, right? What more God? And, and, and some of the things that we need to repent is God, forgive us. Because yes, I, I, I believe, but I've not been living like I am someone who believes. God, forgive me, I, I believe. Do, do you see why James was so strong to use the word demon? Because they believe that God exists. They believe in His power. They know He is real. They've seen Him at work, and yet they continue to rebel. They continue to live disintegrated with, with that belief system. And, and God is wanting us to check ourselves today. Hey, are we like that too? Are we walking around thinking that we are the exception? You know? And God is saying that begin to live in repentance. Begin to live saying that God, help me. You know? And, and the beautiful thing is this. God will, will you know, I know repentance, when I talk about repentance, it sounds like I'm asking us to, to cry and be sorrowful. And, and don't get me wrong, being sorrowful is good. We need to be sorrowful for the right things. We need to learn to mourn again. We need to learn to show remorse again. Uh, the, the, the times where we, 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 we disappointed God, we, we need to do that again. Because tears are very powerful. You know, many times we, we can't remember the last time we laughed, but we will always remember the last time we cried. Because tears are powerful. Tears help us to lock into a memory. And God is saying that when you repent, you're allowing your sorrow to be used in a positive way to remind yourself, hey, don't be like this again. Amen? Don't take God for granted. Don't take His forgiveness for granted. Let's begin to, to go like, yes, God, I believe, and go, God, forgive me. Oh, every day I have something I need to work on. Holy Spirit, I invite you. Stop looking at repentance as, as something that you only need to do once and, and, and never again. God wants us to live a lifestyle of repentance every day. God, check me. God, I know that I am not it. You are it. God, I am not alright. You are alright. God, help me. Help me to realize what is, what is something that I can improve on an incremental way today? What is something that I can improve a little bit today? And, and we, we, we all love incremental increases. It's called interest rate. We all love it. And, and so can, can I encourage us to, to, to see repentance as, as God's interest rate over your life? And say, God, help me to improve every day. Because that's how you taught me to pray. Forgive me today. God, what is something I need to be a little bit more aware today? Or maybe, oh, I, or maybe I, I could have been nicer to my colleague or maybe I didn't respond in the, in the right way. God, how can I make that right? And when you begin to live that out, your faith is going to be so attractive. Because people will be like, oh, I don't know about other Christians, but, oh, but my one colleague, he's different. He's different. Yeah, he's not perfect, but, but, but he's so self-aware. And, and he comes up, he's so real. 
You know, God, how can I? And, and, and maybe for some of us, it's like, God, forgive me for not taking, I don't know, your word not seriously, for not taking your church seriously, for not taking you seriously. Uh, God, forgive me for, for, for thinking that, 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 you know, that I am the main character of, of my own life. No, you are the main character of my life. Amen? I, 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 I have more to tell you, but, but, but let me just move on to point number two. I hope you're catching this, okay? If you don't understand, we can talk after service, all right? Uh, uh, forgive me, I'm only human. Point number two, live in obedience. After you repent, it's not just about, uh, no, it's all right. It's all right to, to repent. Now we need to now shift to living in obedience. Believe and, and, and begin to obey what you believe. You know, the two examples that James gives us here, right? Uh, first of all, the, the example of repentance. Let's, let's, let's look up. He, he gave us the two examples. He says that like Abraham and, and, and Rahab. Rahab, just in case you don't know, uh, her story is found in, in Joshua, in the book of Joshua. And so basically, God's people were coming out of the desert. They were about to enter into the promised land. And uh, between them and the promised land was this fortified city called Jericho. And uh, God says that, you know, send out spies, spy the land, and see how we can take down this city. And so Joshua sent two spies. And as two spies went in, the city heard that, oh, they're sending spies in. Let's, let's go on a manhunt. And, uh, and Rahab, uh, who was, the Bible says here, she was a harlot, she was a prostitute. Uh, in fact, it's highly implied that more than that, she probably ran like a brothel, uh, because that's why the spies had a place to hide. Uh, and, 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 and this was a person who was far away from God, who was not living right with God. And her story wasn't put here to shame her. Her story is put here to show us that redemption is possible. A person as broken, as far away as Rahab can also turn back to God. In other words, faith is not just about, oh, I believe. It's about repenting. It's about turning back to God. Amen? But not just that. After that, we got to begin to live in obedience. Obedience requires surrender. It says here that Abram was made righteous because he, that surrender. When God asked for his child, in James chapter 2, we asked earlier, he, he, he dared to surrender it in obedience. And so, many times when God is challenging us, He's not trying to take fun out of our lives. That's what the devil wants you to think. God is all about, you know, reducing and limiting your fun. That, that's the original temptation. You know, God knows that if you eat this fruit, you will be like Him. He wants to reduce you. He wants to limit you. And, and sometimes we, we struggle with obedience because we, we think that it's not fun. But, it, but obedience is not about God pulling back the front of your life is about God wanting you to surrender, to trust Him, to trust that He is the answer. And, 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 and obedience requires separation. Because if you choose to obey and do A, you can't do B. Right? Let me give it in even better terms. Football. Right? So, uh, Joe here in church believes if he wasn't a Christian, he, I mean, he is, but, uh, you know, um, you know if, if he wasn't a Christian, then football will be his religion. I think it's safe to say that, you know, and Liverpool will be his church, and, and, or faith even. 
but let's just talk about football for a little bit. Let's say Joe, he, he, because he believes in Liverpool, he believes in it so much, he believes that he, this is the best team in the whole Premier League uh, and the only team worth supporting. As a result, there is a separation. He will not wear any other colour except the Liverpool kit. He will not put in the Chelsea colour. Even if you pay him a lot of money, he will not. Even men you over his dead body. <laughs> you see, we, 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 we do that. When we support one team, we, we separate from the other. That's why when you go watch football, they don't sit the, the two teams together. <laughs> That's a recipe for disaster. That, that kind of mingling will, will cause chaos. And, and why is it that we believe but there's no separation in our lives? And that's why our faith is so chaotic. But that chaotic faith can't help people. God doesn't want us to have a chaotic faith. God wants us to have a real faith. God wants us to learn that, hey, it's, it's, you believe, good. Now separate according to your belief. If God says that this is not my way for you, learn that this is not. Learn to separate. And, 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 and obedience is also about sacrifice because it's painful to separate. It's painful to say no. And, and, and yet God is saying that that's what your faith requires. A lot of times our faith is built on yes. No, our faith is built on God, you, you're always going to say yes to me. You're going to bless me, bless me, bless me only. And But our faith is also about saying no. Do you know sometimes the most loving thing is to say no. And so, sometimes we need to remember that again. Yes, God, I believe in you. But Lord, help me to also live in obedience to what I believe in. Help me to also live in obedience to your word. Amen? Amen? And lastly, I know I'm running out of time. Live in confidence. Live in confidence. Faith is being confident. The Bible says that faith is, is you know, being positive and being sure of our future. And, and, you know, the Bible here says that when Abram had faith in God, he became like a friend to God. And God is saying that you believe, good. Good that you believe. Now, now begin to act and change the way you live and begin to live confident in what you believe in. Let, let me give you an example, right? Let's say, right, Rora's a great cook and uh, one of the things that she's very famous for is her, uh, her roast potatoes, right? So if you need one small incentive to come for getaway, um, it's so powerful, it's so addictive that we can only serve it once away at the getaway. And, um, and so on, on Sunday, usually we have you know, a meal together after the session and we have Sunday rolls. Not, not pudding, Roba. Just in case this year the menu changed, okay? So, <laughs> just in case they, they, they serve you uh, cold pasta this, this, this year, don't, don't get angry with me. But, 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 but coming back to this example. So, Roba, um, you know, cooks really well. She's got really good roast potatoes. Now, if you believe in that, yet when Roba says, now come and eat, and, you know, and then you go like, oh, but it's just potato only. Do you, do you see how that doesn't make sense? If you, if you believe that Rora is a good cook, you will confidently sit at her table. You will confidently eat whatever she puts in front of you. 
even if it doesn't look like a potato at that moment. And, and, and God is trying to tell us that I, I want you to believe, but then let your belief reflect your confidence in me. You know, God wants us to know that when we believe in Him, not only does it lead us into a lifestyle of repentance, and that's the type of works that James is wanting them to have, and a lifestyle of obedience, but God also wants us to begin to live a lifestyle of confidence. Confidence in what? Confidence that, that God loves us. Confidence that all has indeed been forgiven. Confidence that when we pray, He answers. Confidence that, that, that His ways are higher than our ways. Confident that, that He sees us as friend. And in John chapter 15, verse 13 to 14 says this, because when I was reading this, and then God began to give me this point. I had to dig in a bit deep. I go like, oh, wow, friend of God. I know we sing, you know. I'm a friend of God, but you know, but you know, technically, is that just for Abraham? You know, have we been singing all wrong all this while? Any of you do that? Do you go through the lyrics? Anyway, maybe it's just me because I'm a pastor. <laughs> but, 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 okay, let me put it to rest, okay? Yes, we, we, it's not exclusive to Abraham. Abraham could be the first person that God gave that privilege to, but he wasn't the only person because Jesus says this and makes this very clear in John 15, 13 to 14. John 15, 13 to 14 says this, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. I know the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Right? So gave his only son, meaning that Jesus laid down his life. Did he, did he do it for, for, for the world, yes, but He did it also for a world of people who He sees as friends. Do you see the heart of God? God says that, hey, greater love than no one, that this then lay down, and this is what I, I am doing. I'm laying down for my friends. And He wasn't just talking about apostles. He's talking about the whole of mankind, even us today who will call Him Lord and Savior. And, and then says this, and you can be my friend. You know, if I can paraphrase this, you know, if you still use Facebook, Jesus is saying that I will accept your friend request. <laughs> and I will accept your friend request. I will not ghost it. I will accept my friend request because my friends are who, those that do whatever I command them. And so if you begin to live a life of repentance and obedience, it naturally leads you into a life of confidence. Oh, can I, can I pray like that? You know, can I pray? Oh, my, 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 my father is, 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 is battling cancer. Can I, can, can I just pray for healing? Or should I pray for God's will to be done? No, pray for healing. Pray for a miracle. Oh, can I? Can I? It sounds so, yeah, because you're God's friend. You're God's friend. And, and pray and, until, you know, God explains otherwise. But pray. Believe by faith. Think the, be confident when you approach God's table. If, if, if you see Him as God, if you see Him as friend, then approach Him confidently. Amen? And, and so, the next time, you know, you're reminded, not necessarily by your pastor or by your friends, sometimes it's just the Holy Spirit reminding you. Have you ever been there before where you walk past your Bible and then suddenly there's a nudging that says that, hey friend, haven't seen you in a while. It's, it's not the Bible talking to you, it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, you're not having a mental breakdown. It's the Holy Spirit. Hey friend, haven't been, and, and, and sometimes we go like, oh, you know, we, we don't do it, not, not, not because of laziness. Sometimes we don't do it because of shame. We think we're not good enough. We think that, no, you know, 
what kind of friend would I be? You know, I don't want to be that kind of friend that only goes up to, you know, call them, message them when I need something. Have you had that friend before? you never been in touch for eons and then suddenly they message you on Facebook, Hey, I'm coming to London. Do you happen to know of a place to stay near? But you know, it's like, yeah, hello, have you been there? Maybe you've been that friend. You know, and I know you're hinting like, oh yeah, I'll be in town. Do you know of any place I can stay? And, and we think that, oh, is God gonna view me? No, he's not. And 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 would you begin to live in confidence and go like I can confidently come to the Lord's table, even though I've not been good, but because he is good. He remains faithful even when I am faithless. And I can come confidently to God's table. I can come confidently because He sees me as friend. He died for me. Lord, now help me to be a better friend. That's what God wants. God wants our, our faith to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Amen? And He wants us to be able to come and go like, God, you know, I... I, 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 I Lord, help me to live a life that where my faith is, is, is alive and working, where it's integrated. It's like a powerful pair of scissors that can actually make a difference. Help me to work in tandem with you, Holy Spirit. That's what God wants for us. The last thing God wants is for us to have faith in name only. And that's, that's no different than, than a dead faith or, or even, you know, a demonic faith. But it's, and God's saying that, no. Come on, believe in me and begin to live a life of repentance. Maybe this is the mission this week. Maybe for some of us here, our mission of repentance is not just saying sorry to God, but maybe it's saying sorry to someone this week. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, just randomly go up to the neighbor and say, I'm so sorry. But, but maybe there's someone that you know you've offended and your pride is holding you back. Maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your dad, maybe it's an old friend. And maybe God is saying, hey, time to live differently. Time to start living for yourself. Maybe there's somebody that you need to go up and you need to release forgiveness. Maybe you're not the one that victimized, but you're the victim. But maybe there's still repentance. You know, if, if Jesus on the cross, can still forgive the very ones that crucified Him and put Him there. And says that, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. As a believer, maybe there are some people you need to say, Father, help me to forgive them for they know not what they do. They didn't know how hurt I am. And they probably still don't know. But Lord, it's never been about vengeance. It's never about, Lord, help me to forgive. I've not been forgiving like how you have been forgiving. Now help me to live in accordance to repentance. Amen? Maybe for some of us here this week, learn to obey, learn to align. Maybe there's something that the Lord has already been speaking. Hey, do this. Hey, give that up. And maybe we need to come back to that place of obedience again and say that God, help me to surrender. Help me to surrender. You know, I, I you know, I just, let me just put a pin on that, I just suddenly felt the Lord asked me to just encourage someone here. There's someone here, you're, you're wrestling with something. You're wrestling, you know, and um, there's a sin in your life that is so besetting, it's so ingrained, it's so stuck in you. Um, you're caught up in it. You, you want to call it an addiction, you want to call it a, 
a self-destructing habit, you don't call it a cycle, whatever you call it, um, obedience. You, you, you struggle with it. And, um, and I just sense that the Lord wants you to know this. Hey, don't repent about the sin. Don't get me wrong, you know, don't, don't do it, but don't just repent. Some, some of us here, I don't know, you know, let, let, me, just use, let me just use something, let, you know, uh, I hope this doesn't affect anyone, but, but let's say whatever you're addicted to, let's say it's drugs. And I sense the Lord say, and you begin to insert whatever it is that you're stuck with. And God's, a lot of us, what we do is that we say, God, I'm so sorry for taking drugs again. I'm so sorry for taking drugs again. I'm so sorry for taking drugs again. And God is saying that my people need to repent, but they're repenting in the wrong way. Don't repent for the drugs. Repent for the reason you went to the drugs. Because when you repent on the drugs, all you, think of, all you can think of is, oh, the high that the drug gave you. And it actually makes it harder for you to obey because why would you want to give up something that feels so good? But what the Lord, I believe, is wanting to minister to someone or some people here today is this that, you know, whatever is holding you back is, is the thing that's causing you to turn to the drugs. It could be whatever it is that's causing you to turn to drugs or to porn or to cigarettes or to whatever it is that, 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 that is causing you shame. You know, and God is saying... To us, you know, if living life, a life of repentance and obedience is, is not just about addressing the symptoms, it's about addressing the root cause. And for some of us here, the power of obedience is this, that God, forgive me for thinking that you are not the answer. Because Lord, I've been running to all these other things hoping that they will be the answer when you are the answer. And so Lord, help me to begin to live a life of obedience, but, but obedience also means trust. Confidence also means trust. Do you see how it's all interconnected? And God is saying that, would you trust me again? I don't know who this is for, but it's for someone here. Trust Him again. Trust that He is what you need. You know, you're so stressed out. You're full of anxiety. So you're running to other things to, to try to, to calm your anxiety. But these things, they are temporary. Temporary. And God is saying that He is the one that will calm the storm of your life. And turn to Him. Amen? And when you repent, don't focus on what you did wrong. Focus on, on what caused, what was the trigger. Say, God, forgive me. I forgot that you are more than enough. Now help me to live in obedience, help me to live trusting that you are enough. Help me to meditate on that and help me to live confidently that, that God is enough for me. Amen? I just, just wanted to release that for someone. I, I hope that's been helpful. But you know, why don't I just invite the worship team to come up here? And I believe that you know, the Lord is speaking. He will continue to speak. But I hope you catch the heart of God today. God wants us Maybe for some of us here, it's a hard check. You've been a Christian for a very long time. And God is saying that, how is your faith? How is your faith? Is your faith dead? Just a theoretical faith? Do you know believing all the right things doesn't get you to heaven? 
It's not just about believing the right things. It's not just, and, and a lot of us here, we, we've been chasing after the right theology, thinking that theology will save us. No, no, no. It, it's pointless if you, have, if you know all the right things, but you're not living right with God. And maybe for some of us here, you know, good that you believe. Good that you believe. Not, you know, believing God is good. But, but would you allow that belief to change the way you live? If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.